0: Speaking of dogs, your dog is in the yeah. car. <laughs> what was her name?
1: Her name is Karuna.
0: Karuna. And
1: uh, that means compassion in Sanskrit. And she's also a rescue. She's from Mississippi. Oh, right. And, uh, yeah, it's it's um, funny because um, she comes sometimes with me, uh, on uh, you know, when I do my interviews. Uh, mm-hmm. So, um, uh, last year, she was on a very, very large uh, sailboat mm-hmm. and, you know, walking on the deck. And, um, you know, the whole... Uh, Uh, symbolic of it was kind of funny that uh, she was basically uh, left to die on the side road in Mississippi, and now here she is in Newport, you know, walking (laughs) on the decks of high-profile yachts, you know. You're listening to Standing Before the Mast podcast with Chris Heaton, sponsored by Newport Nautical Supply.
0: Hello, and welcome to episode 16 of Standing Before the Mast podcast. My guest in this episode is Anne Vandrome-Hood. Anne is a partner and leading force behind the publication Yacht Insider's Guide. Originally from Paris, she spent much of her time sailing out of Brittany with her family on a variety of boats. Anne is also an avid windsurfer who brought her gear along with her as she pursued crew positions on charter yachts. Her time spent working professionally on yachts led her from crew to chef to shoreside management in Martinique and now a publisher in Newport, Rhode Island. She's an animal lover and activist, a steward of the environment, and a supporter of many organizations that work to make the world a better place. Anne lives a very examined life and thoughtfully governs her actions so that they remain aligned with her principles. A few of the worthy organizations she mentions in the podcast are Sailors for the Sea, Clean Ocean Access, Save the Bay, and Clean Bays. She also tells a wonderful story about a dog from Martinique finding a new home as a direct result of an article she wrote on the Nicholson Yachts blog. I'll be sure to include links to those groups and pages in the posting. I enjoyed talking with Anne, and you can learn more about her and the publication by visiting yachtinsidersguide.com. Originally from France.
1: Yeah, I'm from France. Um, Born and raised in Paris. But uh, my family is from Brittany, Mm -hmm. selling region of France. Mm -hmm. So um, my family for generations uh, have been sellers. Mm -hmm. And uh, as a child, uh, I basically spent almost all my uh, school vacation in Brittany. And my parents had uh, boats, like, you know, little cruising boats from like 38 to 42 footers. Since, you know, I was born, basically, I've been cruising. (laughs) (laughs) During uh, our vacation, okay. um, all around you know Brittany and the Channel, Channel Islands, uh, south coast of England, and uh, uh, the Atlantic coast of France, and uh, the city Islands, and uh, all these uh, places. So I think that uh, that's how I developed a very deep appreciation for sailing and uh, mm. and being on the ocean.
0: And you were a windsurfer too.
1: Yeah, so that uh, that's my uh, my big passion. So. Um, uh, yeah, I started windsurfing when I was uh, like a teenager. And, uh, and then I lived for 14 years in the Caribbean. So um, in the Caribbean, I used to be a, a chef on yachts. And uh, I would always come with my windsurfing equipment on the yachts.
0: You had time for that on the yachts.
1: <laughs> well, every time, you know, I had a break. Uh-huh. Uh, the good thing is that it was a waveboard, so it was pretty small and compact. Uh, okay. um, but yeah, windsurfing uh, was my big passion. It's still my big passion, but unfortunately, the conditions are not always great here, no. in the, around here. But that's something that I really love.
0: Yeah, I only ever see them over at Third Beach.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, the problem is that, you know, Third Beach, very often it's southwest uh, right. in the summer. Mm. So it's offshore, so it's not a good... Uh, and uh, the problem is that uh, it's too cold in the winter Mm. To windsurf, and um, otherwise the wind direction. You know, like for example, if you go to Second Beach, it's difficult to, during the summer right. because of the people who are oh, there. So you have to go to either a Sandy Point or to a Tiverton mm. at a Fog uh, Fog Head, I think it's called Fogland. Fogland, yeah, yeah, and that's
0: not always easy access. No, no, it's no. true. Yeah. <laughs> Your experiences on the the yachts—is that how you transitioned into? getting into the, more of the business aspect
1: of... Yeah, so basically all my um, adult life, you know, I've been, uh, you know, involved in the, the marine industry. Mm-hmm. So um, my first job was uh, being a crew on, uh, on yachts. So I started as a stewardess and uh, then I became a chef uh, by accident somehow <laughs> because one day um, the chef uh, uh, had an emergency and um, I used to, you know, like, cook meals for the crew, so Mm -hmm. the captain knew that I knew how to cook somehow, and uh, so he asked me, because, you know, uh, we had a charter coming up, and he asked me if I could, uh, I felt like, you know, replacing the chef, and I said yes, Uh (laughs) I didn't know where I was going into, but actually, uh, everything went really well, you know, the... uh, Bumped me up into a, like becoming a chef instead of a stewardess, so which was great. So I've done that for eleven years in the Caribbean, and um, you know when you're crew, what is always like a challenge is uh, to find a job uh, on land, mm-hmm. and uh, and when you only have an experience in the yachting you know industry and community, sometimes it can be hard. So I've been very fortunate that uh, as soon as I uh, ended up working on yachts, which was a choice, I mm-hmm. wanted to. Uh, you know, settle down on land. Um, I've been hired by a a very big marina in Martinique, Mm -hmm. which is actually the biggest marina in the Caribbean, so in Le Marin. And I was in charge of uh, um, welcoming all the foreign boats, Mm -hmm. and then I became a yacht agent. Ah, okay. So I was, uh, you know, taking care of uh, all the needs.
0: What was the marina in mind? It's uh, Le Marin. Le Marin. Yeah,
1: it's in the the south uh, part of um, Martinique. And uh, then I started to do, like, the promotion of the marina. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was going to big boat shows. And uh, I've been introduced to the whole uh, uh, publication, you know, uh, Mm. business because... uh, um, I've been approached by several guides, you know, like the Chris Doyle guide. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the super yacht publication. Mm-hmm. So, um, they wanted to have, um, you know, information about the island and because I was an agent there and I was like working for the marina, um, I know all the good services and uh, so that's how everything started. So, I, I was like, you know, helping Chris Doyle and uh, right. yeah, his cruising guide and um, and the superior services guide. And, um, yeah, so that's how everything. So they is.
0: tapped you as a resource.
1: Exactly. And then uh, with Boot International, I actually wrote um, a guide about the French Caribbean mm-hmm. for them. Um, yeah, so that's how I transitioned, uh, you know. Off went. the boats. Yes.
0: Yeah. That was a nice step. Two, yeah, you know, yeah.
1: everything went really smoothly, and all I right. was uh, very, very fortunate. Wow. Yeah.
0: Now, when you prepared, I know personally you're vegetarian or yeah. vegan. Yeah. Were you then, when you prepared oh, the Oh, no, meals? no, I was not at oh, all. Oh, okay. I've like... always
1: been uh, pretty health conscious. Mm. So, uh, when I was on yachts, I was, like, uh, preparing, like, Mediterranean style, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, so, Which is really good when you're in the Caribbean because people don't want, you know, meals which are heavy in butter and cream. Right. and So I was, like, more, like, um, into, like, lighter Mediterranean style, you know, style kind of cuisine. Guy. And mixing also some um, Caribbean influence with all the spices that you can find over there and using local vegetables and fruits. Mm. So that's what I was, uh, you know. So uh, it
0: didn't at that time, it didn't play upon your conscience, stuff to prepare some sort of...
1: No, I was, you know, yeah. I, when you're um, doing charters, you have to accommodate, you know, the uh, request of uh, the people. And back in the time, you know, I, I worked on yachts until 2001. Uh, people didn't have that. Uh, I mean, I think that uh, being vegetarian, I never heard the word vegan back in the time. And uh, mm-hmm. it was like uh, very, very uncommon for people uh, to request yeah. that kind of
0: cuisine. Uh, my wife became a vegetarian about a year ago, and oh, therefore, by default, so did I, oh, <laughs> for the most great. part. I mean, I, I, I've strayed on occasion at a restaurant. But what she's finding and what we're finding is it's very difficult in America, or as she says, it's very unimaginative in America, uh, at restaurants, yeah. to find a good vegetarian option, and, and therefore we often cave, you know.
1: Yeah, well, you know, you have to uh, um, prepare yourself. Like, for example, uh, we just went to... Uh, um, Skiing for a few days, and um, we called ahead. And my husband brings like some like vegan sausage or or mm. cheese or whatever. And uh,
0: and
1: so that's just how just prepare that way. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I had a friend, professional yacht captain. Yes, and he stood in for the chef one time, and pre- and was preparing breakfast for these guests. And he did something special, or unique, and it was his little trick. And he did something to make the I think it was bacon or something taste better, mm-hmm. and the the charter guest asked what what he had done, and he revealed it was something very simple, and then it appeared in a cookbook, and they took Ah. credit for it. (laughs) And and he kind of was a little put off by that. I
1: can imagine. But he found out about it, uh,
0: (laughs) that they took their... uh, And he said, that person got that idea from me. (laughs) But, well, that's great. So you, you went from yacht to... Uh, shore side, yes. then to publications. Exactly,
1: yeah. And you've mm-hmm. been
0: in the publication side.
1: Yeah, so I've been uh, in the publication side since 2007.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, started to uh, write, um, you know, like uh, shore side services guides. Um, so for the Mediterranean, for the French um, Caribbean, and for New England. And uh, with my own publication um, since 2009, so it's... Uh, actually, we're working right now on a 11th uh, edition. Wow. Yeah, so it's uh, our 10th anniversary and 11th edi- edition. So, uh, yeah, it's very exciting. Um, and
0: How much time do you spend actually going to places to source these things out and, and experience it yourself so that you can convey to the reader?
1: So uh, we have several steps, you know, for each time we're working on a new um, edition. So uh, the first thing that I do is that uh, um, in the fall... I uh, usually, well, at the end of the summer, um, I usually uh, go and interview boat captains, boat owners, crew. Mm-hmm. And I ask them about the experience that they had during the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ask them which harbor they did visit, uh, which services did they use. I go to shipyards. I ask them which, uh, you know, uh, contractors they use. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they gave me all these recommendations and uh, so every um, year, I have a whole list of uh, you know services, places uh, that have been recommended by uh, um, either boat owners, boat captains, or, or yacht crew, and um, and then from that's my base basically for the uh, the new edition. So then, with uh, all this information, uh, I go and I personally uh, either visit or call uh, all the services that uh, have been mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so, there are, like, different aspects for my book. So, my book, um, our guide is about uh, all the services um, for the uh, yachts, basically, or the boat. So, uh, you know, like, chennery, uh shipyard, uh, contractors. Mm-hmm. But it's also about um, the ex- overall experience mm-hmm. when you arrive in a place or... So, uh, the restaurants, the things to do. So we have a big emphasis on um, uh, outdoors activities. So, you know, for each destination, we tell you... uh when you can, What you can do, where you can go hiking, uh, if you want to go surfing, uh, the best spots, uh, where you can rent bikes, uh, where you can go kayaking, if there are some tours. You know, all this mm. information to really enhance the overall experience. We also have a big section about provisioning. Um, basically, I created um, the guide I wish I had when I was working on yachts. Ah, so uh, yeah. yeah, that's exactly what i uh I did, you know, so um our guide um and you
0: laid it out the way you wanted to yeah, find information as exactly well. exactly,
1: yeah. so uh, The overall uh, uh, information about the destination with the emergency contacts and all the information that you need about the destination. And then, um, you know, um, all the the, um, information about technical services, about provisioning, about, you know, getting around, like what is the closest airport. Because what you have to understand is that uh, for um, a lot of borders who are coming around here Mm -hmm. or any destination we cover, very often it's the first time. Right, You know, for them. So uh, for us, all these services and, you know, and this information are very obvious, but uh, for a lot of people, it's not. So I always bear in mind that, uh, you know, for a lot of people, it's the first time. So mm. it's important for them to know uh, which is the local airport and, uh, um, you know, the um, local hospitals and uh, and uh, local services right. and, you know, all this information.
0: You know, obviously advertisers need to support it or it wouldn't get printed. But I notice it's it's really... Most of the, a lot of these publications are just ads and, and yours is got some beautiful photography, yes. by the way. Thank you. Um
1: We're very y- lucky y- you've to You've got our... charts
0: and yeah. you've got highlighted operations that we've advertised with
1: you. Yes, yes. So we're very, very fortunate, you know, <coughs> to um, have, like, wonderful um, advertisers who are supporting us since uh, the beginning of uh, um, the publication. So we try to uh, really be a very ethical um, publication. So basically, uh, the way it works is that when a service is recommended... It's going to be listed. Mm -hmm. And then if it wants to be highlighted and, uh, you know, has a a better exposure, then, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, they can pick a different size of ad because our books are given for free. Right. And, uh, um, you know, so we uh, need the support. Support it. uh, Yes, exactly. Uh, But it's not if you don't advertise, if you don't pay anything, even if you you have been recommended, you're still going to be mentioned in the guide.
0: Mm. I noticed... As we talked about, based on your diet, you live a very examined life in terms of your impact on the environment and animals, and it it translates, I guess, as much as it it can in the publication. Yeah,
1: exactly. The
0: the materials... So that's
1: something that I wanted to uh, talk. Thank you so much for mentioning it. So since the beginning... Uh, all, all our guides have been um, printed on uh, Forest to Council certified paper, mm-hmm. um, which uh, is an environmental uh, friendly and socially responsible and uh, um, you know thrust uh, paper. Um, so that's very important for us. Um, and uh, also we highlight in our guides um, like organic farm, um, organic uh, um, health tours, um, we also highlight places, uh, restaurants where you can find uh, healthy options, mm-hmm. uh, juice bars. So uh, uh, absolutely, so that's yeah. how it translates in uh, in our guide. Yeah, thank you.
0: For those who arrive with pets. There's an emergency as, exactly. as a dog uh, owner.
1: Yeah, and uh, so uh, also we try to tell people where they can go, if there are some dog parks, uh, where they can go, you know, and, and walk the dog. Um, we also have um, recommended local ve- veterinarian. And I have actually a funny story to um, tell you. A while ago, I was at the Monaco show, and um, I was you know, giving away some of the books. And a big yacht, like very, very large yacht, captain ran after me and he said, oh, I want to thank you. Um, We saved the dog's honor, uh, dog, thanks to the book because I had an emergency uh, number um, for a um, a veterinarian clinic.
0: Right. Uh, It
1: was, I think, in the region of Saint-Tropez and um who could speak english and uh, so this large yacht arrived you know in that area and the dog was sick and uh, thanks to the book they have been able to find the right wow service that structure. must be
0: scary i mean if you come into a foreign port you don't know anything yeah and, and then a dog, the dog has an emergency yes. situation exactly you reach for the guy yeah. there it is yeah.
1: so i was very pleased to hear that story and that was a uh, you know i think a pretty funny anecdote
0: and your husband's also involved with the business. Yeah, yeah. so
1: my husband um, comes from um, you know a family of settlers.
0: very significant family.
1: Yes, and um, so he has uh, he's a yacht broker, right? And so he has um, a company based here in uh, Portsmouth. Yes, yeah, so he is also very involved, uh, you know, in uh, um, the whole uh, local uh, marine community, marine uh, industry here.
0: Did you or he come up with the design, the layout? Or well, is actually, a, a it's, a, uh,
1: it's his brother. Oh. Yeah. So it's a family business because um, uh, his brother Rick Hood is actually my partner.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, so
1: he's uh, um, the designer of okay. the book. So I basically do all the research. I do all the commercial part of the uh, mm-hmm. the, the book, and uh, he does uh, the design. And uh, yeah. and uh, we're also very lucky because since the beginning, uh, we have a wonderful photographer, Billy Black. Oh, yes. Which is very uh, is very well known in the local uh, community, and uh, so it's um, you know. Uh, it's very gracious to give us his most beautiful photos.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, so it's your uh, publication,
0: all right? Yeah. Were there anything else you wanted to? Point well, out? I
1: wanted to. Uh, well, thank you so much. First of all, you know, to um, invite me uh, today, it's uh, really a honor to uh, to be uh, to be here. Yeah, I really wanted to say that. Um, you know, I think that um, as a, a border or. People in the marine trade business, I think that we are a steward of our ocean. And um, so that's why for us it's very important to, um, you know, to promote ocean preservation and uh, conservation of marine life. Mm. Um, like for example, our social media, uh, we're pretty active on uh, our Facebook page and uh, we always uh, try to share articles. To, um, you know, bring plastic pollution awareness, mm. um, expose the cruelty of uh, marine animal captivity. Um, you know, all these uh, topics are very important to us. Everybody, you know, who um, lives by the ocean has a, a big part to play. Mm. Um, uh, you know, there are a lot of things that we can do.
0: That's always been a, a bit of a dilemma for me in here because I'm I surf and I yeah, sail, so and, I, and I'm conscious of, of what go, can land in the ocean. I've, I've done some cleanups with Clean Ocean Access, but it's always been a bit of a dilemma for me because most of the things we sell in here are wrapped in plastic, and they're going down to a boat, and the likelihood of them blowing away is, is high. And then all the chemicals, the chemicals that use on boats to clean them, maintain them, paint the bottoms. Yes. And it, it's difficult. If you ask most boaters, I think they'd say, oh, yeah, they they think positively about the environment, they want it to be clean, but yet when they're coming in and looking at bottom paint and thinking about the growth that occurred last year, they don't want water-based. Yes. They, they want what's going to work, mm-hmm. and there's a real opposition there. Yes, you know? I totally
1: understand what you said, but I, I don't know if you agree uh, uh, with this. I I really see that uh, um, people's mentalities are changing. Positively. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, a lot are trying to be greener. Hmm. And, um, you know, when you look at the cleaning products, I think that, um, there is really a tendency uh, nowadays to have greener products. Mm. Um you know, I really hope that the whole like packaging and plastic uh, thing is going to um eventually get better mm. and uh because you know they are all kind of alternatives right um it's a bit more expensive, but maybe it's worth it, yeah you know and um and I think that uh you know, most people who are enjoying the ocean can really understand how it is important to uh, try to preserve and, and, you know, the environment and uh, because it's, you know, for our own pleasure, basically.
0: Right. Yeah, I remember it wasn't, well, I say it wasn't long ago, but it was. It was in the late 80s, or early 90s that Narragansett Bay, all of Narragansett Bay and Block Island became a no discharge zone. Yes. Uh, people may forget, but you used to just pump the, the uh, toilet overboard. And there was a big move by a couple of scientists in the state and activists, and it got they got passed, and uh, it's it's soon proliferated, and and people really enjoy being able to see the bottom.
1: Totally, <laughs> you know, it's uh, to everybody's uh, benefits. That's mm-hmm. uh, absolutely for sure, and uh, I think that uh, um, we are very um, lucky, you know, to have organization like uh, Sea Shepherd. Uh, like Sailor for the sea.
0: I've, I've heard uh, of sailors for the sea. Who? Who's Sea Shepherd?
1: So Sea Shepherd, it's actually an organization that has been uh, started by uh, the Captain Paul Watson, mm-hmm. who was one of the founder of Greenpeace, ah. and um, oh. and then he started his own organization. So um, they basically advocate, um, you know, for ocean uh, um, preservation and conservation. You know, like for example, uh, um, when the uh, government are not uh, tough enough to uh, try to protect, um, or you know, um, um, the laws, then they go with their own boats, and uh, you know, they uh, they they do exactly what uh, Greenpeace used to do a few years ago. Like for example, they're going to uh, uh, be between uh, for whaling; they're going to be between the whale boat and uh, and the whale, and try to protect the Mm whales and. um, they follow uh, boats which are going to, um, you know, try to discharge uh, chemical into the ocean. So they, right. they do all kind of like uh, actions like this. They have boats patrolling um all over the world mm-hmm. and um yeah they're like stewardship oh, of the ocean yeah they're wonderful and it's sailors wonderful. for the sea they're have yeah, got for local the ties yeah. yeah it's uh, i think a wonderful organization and uh, so you um talked well uh save the bay i think was the uh yeah the yeah, people who already uh had a major influence in uh lobbying yes the, uh, the local uh
0: yeah, I've got a good friend. He's a he's Go a captain for Save the Bay, and they yeah. take the kids out on the seal watches. And well, that's the most visible thing they do, but they they do all kinds of tours.
1: Yeah, and um, I wanted also to um, mention clean ocean access. Yep, which they were also do like a wonderful job uh, locally, and clean bays. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you know them. So they specialize in uh, removing uh, uh, debris. Yep. Um, so it's wonderful to have all these organization, you know, uh, uh, trying to keep um... Clean Bay.
0: That's Kent, right? Yes, Captain exactly. Kent Dresser. I've had him on my podcast. Oh, he's such a I've had Dave McLaughlin on oh, okay. early, early days, and Captain Eric from uh, Save the Bay. Yeah. Um, Clean Ocean Access is installing another skimmer, but up in Providence mm-hmm. now. This one down here in Newport that Clean Ocean Access has by the harbor corner, mm-hmm. it has picked up. Oh, they—it's tons of trash that they've measured. Yeah,
1: it's really sad. Huh? Yeah, yes. but it's wonderful that there are organizations, you know, like this, who are trying to make a difference. We should all play our part. Right. You know, that's uh, the important message.
0: The next big thing seems to be straws. Yes. I'm hearing a lot about straws lately.
1: So, you know, the straw thing, it's, uh, it's actually amazing how fast um, the whole thing went. Like, uh, I was uh, um, in the Canaries a few uh, uh, months ago, and uh, last year, when you were going to a restaurant or, you know, um, a bar, they would give you a plastic straw. And this year, everywhere, it was already bamboo straws. Or no straw oh, really? at all, and I see that everywhere now. Mm. Yeah, so I think that uh, the whole straw, you know, banning straw movement uh, uh, did a very good job because uh, most places I go to now, I see, um, you know, like um, uh, bamboo straws or. Mm.
0: or um, yeah, I picked up lunch for my wife and I just this afternoon at Rosemary and Time. Yes, and they had a whole display for you to purchase. So. A reusable straw. Yes,
1: exactly. It's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know if you're aware of it. Um, one of the big problems uh, with the uh, uh, plastic debris uh, is actually um, debris is coming from fishing nets. Oh. Yeah. And um, so uh, I think that it accounts to up to like 40% of... Oh, the that uh,
0: twine breaks down and yes. separates. Yes. You get, yeah. So
1: that's, a, that's also a big, big problem. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I did see a show on that, and one of the things that came out was... When everyone thinks about plastic in the ocean, they think about a plastic bag. Exactly. But really, when they examine the internals of fish, they're finding that the fish are eating these tiny microbeads. Yes. That when the bags eventually mm. break down and it's then it gets in us mm-hmm. if, Absolutely. if you
1: eat fish. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a big, uh,
0: mm.
1: big problem, big issue.
0: Are these organizations highlighted in your guide? Any so I
1: mentioned them. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, I um, try to highlight them. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think it's very important that, um, you know, we support um, uh, these wonderful organizations. Right. Um, I think that, as I said, everybody should play its part, but also support organizations who are like, uh, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah,
1: working uh, towards, a, you know, better environment and cleaner environment that we can all enjoy.
0: That's something that's come up in previous podcasts where I ask people who work on boats and, you know, if the industry not so much the consumer but the industry are proactively doing enough for the future
1: yeah we know? can all do more and better
0: mm. but
1: i really see a rise of the awareness mm-hmm. and uh, i think that uh, like an increasing number of people are aware of uh, um you know the the problem and um, and are trying to uh, act accordingly so i think that it's a very uh, I'm pretty hopeful. Right, well, that's actually? good. Yeah.
0: That's positive. Yes,
1: that's very positive.
0: Because there's a group I follow called POW, or Protect Our Winters. Oh, and I And Jeremy that. Jones, a professional snowboarder, mm-hmm. is a big advocate of it. I recently heard him on a, a separate podcast discussing how, when there was a recent change in political administrations here in the U.S., they went into overdrive because a lot of the things that they had planned for uh, in terms of uh, pushing forward with legislation that mm-hmm. helps protect the environment uh, was suddenly very much threatened. That's just one group, and they reach out to, to manufacturers. and yes. they And one of the examples he gave, which I thought was really good, was guys with snowmobiles and they said look i'm not coming after you you can be part of the solution
1: yes of course yes. and
0: and that ties in with boaters you know mm-hmm. we don't necessarily have to be the bad people out there we can be part of the solution
1: yeah totally
0: yeah it was a really good interview yeah
1: you see the other thing like for example i do in um i uh, uh, mention in our books it's uh, uh the local farmers market mm-hmm. so it's also you know um minimize the uh the uh, Packaging that you will bring back to the boat, and um, right so, because you know, they don't
0: really offer anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: You know these are like very small solutions, mm. but you know if we all try to do our part, you know it's uh, it's going to make a difference.
0: There's a great interview, uh, and it's not really formal. I think it was done like with an organization like Sailors for the Sea or mm-hmm. Clean Ocean Access, and they interviewed Jackson Brown, uh, the musician. Yes, and he's very much an environmentalist and. One of the things that he got upset about, water bottles would be set aside for him to drink plastic water bottles. Mm -hmm. And he really got upset about it. And he had this idea where he was going to make up these string tags and hang a tag on it. He said, because if I don't take the water, they don't know that I was upset. Mm -hmm. So he was going to leave a note (laughs) on the bottle saying, I refused this bottle. (laughs) And I thought that was great.
1: But I'm sure that you've noticed that uh, lately in a lot of during a lot of regattas and uh, um, boating events or boat shows, um, they have water disposal now.
0: yes, that uh, yeah. you know you
1: can uh, go and get your uh... The
0: Volvo was excellent for that yes
1: yeah, so that's uh, that's great. The other thing that I'm um, um, very aware of and I would like to make a difference is that um I used to uh, live in the Caribbean. And um, I uh, was always, like, very saddened and shocked to see all the stray animals there, like cats and dogs. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to, um, like, um, support and also bring awareness to, um, you know, this big problem and support local organization or, um, you know, doing, like, sterilizations of Mm. uh, street animals. Um, and I see more and more like crew and boarders you know nowadays helping as well these organizations and right. I, I think it's uh, it's very important so I have a cat from St Barts my mom has a cat from uh, Tortola ah. uh, my brother in law has a cat uh from martinique wow and um just a funny story i 'm right now in touch with a lady from New Zealand who was in martinique um on vacation a few weeks ago and um she um got attached to a dog that was, you know, in the streets there, on the streets. And um, so she uh, Googled uh, dog rescue Martinique Mm -hmm. and an article that Nicholson Yots uh, wrote a few years ago about um, a story I told them when I was in Martinique a few years ago about a dog that um, I actually um, rescued and sent to France. Uh, where he was adopted a few days after arriving in France. So basically, she uh, wrote that article, and um, that article was sending, you know... Uh,
0: where did the article appear?
1: Like three years ago.
0: Where? Uh, uh, what publication? It's,
1: it's uh, Newport uh, Nicholson Yacht's um, uh, blog.
0: Oh, it's their own blog? Yeah. Uh, so it was an online publication? <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, so okay. uh,
1: the funny story is that she Googled Dog Rescue Martinique, Yeah. and she got in touch with me. Through this article. So right now we're trying to uh, save a dog uh, uh, in Martinique. So we find a um, foster home, and uh, we are working on the paperwork and vaccination so the dog can be sent to France, where a local rescue in France is going to. Does France
0: uh, have a quarantine period? No, no, they don't. Because I, do I know England does. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No. No. So, a lot of organizations you know like uh, the Poly League here, mm-hmm. they uh, bring over some dogs from uh, the islands
0: yeah and
1: uh, and find good families you know to. Uh, One of them. our dogs, Ernie, yeah,
0: he's a beagle foxhound mix. He came from North Carolina.
1: yes, exactly. and he was in a, he
0: was in a kill shelter mm-hmm. and there's a, I don't think he came up on a plane, but I, I have a friend who's flown dogs up here. I think he came on just a a, a group of cars and or, or trucks that, that trade off. Sort of a an underground railroad to get mm-hmm. the dogs to, to shelters and the Potter League has a great success rate. Oh yeah, it's wonderful.
1: Uh, and I think that they get dog from Puerto Rico and, you know, different mm-hmm. uh, places because that's a big problem also in uh you know, a lot of places where we go boating, it's, uh, you know, like, especially in the Caribbean, you see so many of these, like, poor stray dogs and cats. And I think that as boaters, we also have the responsibility to try to make the world a better place. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I try to help the local organization to deal with this problem.
0: Mm. Every now and then we we hear, I hear someone who is sailing and their dog got off the boat and it's always been a happy ending. The Coast Guard or another <laughs> boater found them. But they, they're determined. They, they'll they swim. Yeah. I mean, they're very determined. <laughs> Speaking of dogs, your dog is in the yeah. car. Yeah.
1: What was her name? Her name is Karuna.
0: Karuna. And
1: uh, that means compassion in Sanskrit. And she's also a rescue. She's from Mississippi.
0: Oh, right. And,
1: uh, yeah, it's it's um, funny because um, if she comes sometimes with me uh uh, on uh, you know when I do my interviews, uh-huh. so um, last year she was on a very very large uh, sailboat,
0: uh-huh. and
1: you know walking on the deck, and um, you know the whole uh, uh, symbolic of it was kind of funny that uh, she was basically. Uh, um, left to die on the side road in Mississippi, and now here she is in Newport, you on know, walking. <laughs> <laughs> on the decks of high-profile yachts, you yeah. know, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think about that sometimes with our dogs that, you know, that maybe they're on, well, one was on the streets of Providence, and the other one was found in somewhere in North Carolina. You know, I look at them sat on our couch in front of the fireplace, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you've yeah, done all right, mate. Yeah, they're the lucky yeah. ones. That's great. <laughs> yeah. How many places do you distribute your... your so,
1: um, uh, Where can people
0: find it? Yeah, basically?
1: so it's actually pretty easy to find it. Um, we have in the book a map of all the destinations we cover. Mm-hmm. And uh, in uh, all these destinations, we basically <coughs> have the books um, on, uh, um, you know, displeased for people in the marinas, boatyards, ship-shoulders, uh, yacht clubs, mm-hmm. and um, the books are also given during um, big uh, yachting events. Uh, you know, major major yachting events during boat shows. Charter shows, um, regattas. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of regattas now when they hand the um, package, you mm-hmm. know, like Richard's uh, package. Yeah, package, yeah, a pa- welcome package. Uh, the book is included. Mm. So that's how um, you know people can
0: find it. What was your print run last year?
1: 15,000.
0: Fifteen thousand. Fifteen thousand. Wow. Yeah. Is, is that your target for this year as well? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Have you stayed solid on that number, or is it? Did you start uh, well, off? Well,
1: we started with five.
0: Wow. Yes and you burn through them the first year yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but you know what is amazing is that uh, people always think to think that uh, um we're going digital, mm-hmm. but um, after the end of the season, well, you know it because I leave, yeah. you know, a bunch of books here. And
0: they're gone. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, so uh, they always. But you do have
0: day. a digital version. Oh yes. So of if course. somebody's listening to this, they can go yes, online. They and- go
1: online, and online we cover a lot of destinations. Mm-hmm. So in the med, I used to have like a, a printed version of the book for the Mediterranean, but mm-hmm. now it's only online. Uh, so we we cover. Uh, Different destinations in the Mediterranean, um, Singapore, uh, Phuket. Um, so basically, um, we receive informations from yacht captains or crew,
0: hmm. and
1: uh, that's how uh, we put together, you know, the informations
0: online. So it's really user generated. Yes, yeah. exactly, exactly.
1: Wow, that's great. Yeah. great.
0: If somebody wants to look at it online, all the content that's in the printed version is online. Yes, yeah. yes. And but online
1: yacht. you have uh, much more because you have destinations uh, ah, right. which are not printed, but mm-hmm. you can find online. Like for example, this summer um, we're going to have like a lot of information about Croatia. But oh, I've been right. very fortunate to uh, cruise uh, um, the Croatian islands the last few years. So um, I gather a lot of information, and I have a lot wow. of, a lot of uh, captain's friends who uh, gave me information about Croatia. Um, yeah, so every year, basically, we have more and more information about, you know, the major destinations around mm. the world.
0: Oh, beautiful. Yeah. And it's what the website is.
1: So it's uh, um, yachtinsidersguide.com.
0: I'll share this. Thank you. You've been listening to Standing Before the Mask podcast with Chris Heaton,
1: sponsored by Newport Nautical Supply.